Hello and welcome to another edition of History After Hours. My name is Kevin Pumphrey and with me as always is Mr. Ron Franklin. We are history teachers um, and this is a one-on-one -on -one episode with me and Mr. Franklin mainly talking about um, the impeachment possibility and Pelosi's political maneuvering. Uh, we also kind of question what is evil and the current cancel culture that we are seeing. Just a few little side notes as well. We are now available on Spotify, so you can check us out, History After Hours there, as well as on Twitter and SoundCloud and YouTube. Um, we are working on getting us on Apple as well, so be prepared for that in the future. And next week, October 3rd, on a Thursday, we will be live again at Collective Coffee. So make sure to either join us if you are in the Hot Springs, Arkansas area, or listen in when we upload that. So without further ado, this is Season 5, Episode 2. Enjoy the podcast. All right, so let's talk about the possibility of impeachment. Oh, dude. The, uh, do you think that this was inevitable, that they were going to find something? I mean, Democrats specifically, but not just them, but I mean, just in general. Trump has done so many things that are questionable, at least, right? Do you think that this was... I don't, I don't like to believe in fate, but do you think that there, he does so much that they were bound to trip over something? I think so. Uh, and if you remember two years ago when we had a podcast and Trump had just got elected, you know, one of the things that we talked about was how long would he be able to be president? We thought he would do something that the Democrats would jump on. Of course, if you remember, the Republicans controlled both houses at that point. Now with the Democrats controlling the House, I was wondering, you know, Pelosi was kind of controlling this thing, mm -hmm. as, sh as she should, as Speaker. Yeah, and, and was very hesitant, too. And right? as she Which should be, if you look politically at the Bill Clinton, the 90s, how that did, it turned horribly for the Republicans. Some so people on the far left were screaming at her for not going ahead and jumping on this, but, I, but she's smart. I don't care what people, I don't care how you feel about her, mm -hmm. she's smart, and she's politically astute. And so she had a reason for holding up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's a master politician. She knows the game. And it's interesting to see her playing Trump in a lot of different ways. And we've seen her kind of take advantage of Trump a few times. Which, And I don't think he knows how to deal with her other than calling her names. What is it? Nasty Nancy. Um, which is, you got to love his nicknames. Which is crazy to even think that we have a president that just gives people these. Sleepy Joe. Yeah. As his, uh, as the first lady is be best no cyberbullying campaign. I wonder right. how that's going. There's, Anyhow, <laughs> is it hypocrisy or just you know? I don't know what it is. Ir irony. <laughs> I wonder if because we have slipped so far. Like if you think about Obama and past presidents, the civility. You know, oh, I, I know I heard about one of Obama's aides talking about when the transition happened in two thousand eight from W to Obama, and Obama had said some very harsh things about the W you know, administration. 
But when he won the election, George W. Bush could not have been nicer, right. more civil in that transition. Yeah, and, right, I, yeah. and it seemed like Obama was the same way for Trump. But then we have slid so far off from etiquette and civility. I wonder if because it's changed so fast that we can get it back fast. Or I wonder if this is going to take a long – is the game changed so much? I don't know, much? man. I, I have faith in systems. You know, I, yeah. we've been playing this for a long time, and we've had people who are hardcore personalities come and go, bully pulpits and all, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that I, I want to have faith that the system will go back to the decorum. I, th I think that we, we, I think that eventually we'll have enough of the, unless we've just gone full Hollywood in this country and all we care about is you know slamming each other and slander and uh, whatever. Well. I, I think that we're going to go back to. I think we can more. unless Trump wins re-election. Even if he does. Another four years of Trump could change things so dramatically. Because if you look at the Democrats that are running right now, all of them have way more political civility. You know, they're, they're not trashing each other. They're not making up nicknames. They're not doing some of the stuff that we criticize Trump for. But if Trump wins again the game might change to where oh this is the only way to this is the strategy now this is the way to win i hope not i mean I i'm more not. i'm more optimistic than that but uh, impeachment is a system that right. the founders put in place okay so i well let me you're the us guy so let me see what you have to say about this but do i understand this the right way impeachment is an inquiry an official inquiry and investigation that the that the house Right, they're looking. F is am I right about that? It's it's not yes. that they know that there's something there. It's that they have a preponderance of evidence that says that we really need to investigate this more. And is there something like it's it's a it's a more formalized? Yes, investigation. the House. Uh, it starts in the House impeachment proceedings, and I don't know I, I, the way they call it. They're calling it a impeach an inquiry right. for impeachment. So they haven't officially filed for impeachment yet. Right. Once they figure out if they want to impeach then the house impeaches that is an official impeachment it's just an official accusation that the but president it's not an automatic removal that's the senate that's job. the senate so it goes to the senate for basically the trial the chief justice will come in and replace the vice president or the senate pro temp whoever is ahead of the senate that day the chief justice will come in who by the way is conservative to a degree um not as conservative as some but he, and then he will listen to the evidence, and it, it's basically a trial in the Senate. And then they will vote for removal mm -hmm. or not. And the fear is there's no way, or I, I don't know, the, the fear for the Democrats is the Senate's not going to remove him, They're n no matter what the evidence well, is. Okay, let's go back to the Clinton impeachment. That, the, he, the House impeached him, but the Senate did not could remove be. him. Mm -hmm. And so it could be a similar scenario. But I've heard people say that because the Senate won't remove him, that the House shouldn't even bother to impeach. Right. If this is even impeachable. Like I said, I don't know all the evidence, and we haven't seen it all come out yet. But apparently there's more to it. Or she, I, As careful as Pelosi is with this and has been, there's got to be something else, I think, to have finally said, okay, this is the moment. Do, do you is agree with that? Is it just him contacting the Ukrainian president? And talking about them wanting them to investigate Joe Biden, um, there's you know, and I, I read the transcript. Did you read the transcript? Obviously, he directly asked. It, yeah. There is no proof of quid pro quo right now. Did he? Although it seems pretty well, but if you listen, if you read that though, and you look at what the conversation flow was when um, 
what's the Ukrainian president's name? Sobinsky? Yeah, it starts with a Z. Uh, he, okay, so when he said something about the money that Congress had released to, right, the financial mm-hmm. aid, immediately after that, Trump is saying, well, but this is a thing, though, I want you to do. And so he never comes right out and says, I'm going to, I won't give you money if right. you don't. But he had frozen that money ahead of time and he's going to use that as leverage. It's part of the conversation. It is circumstantial, it's a, it's for sure. It's a subtext of the conversation, but it is there on multiple times. I, I saw it myself. And so it's, so, but he's got this plausible deniability, I suppose, where yes. he's, I didn't actually say that. Yeah, but it's couched in the car. I think he's a master at that. Have you ever noticed that? Oh yeah. Like uh, uh, when he's uh, not going to come out and yeah. When Cohen was going through his testimony, he said, "Did they, will the president ever direct you to?" He said, "No, but I understood what he meant when he said these things." Like wow. he says them, um, he says things without actually, right? He insinuates things. Yeah, and I think me and you both talked about it. How is he going to survive the Mueller report of them digging and digging and digging? Well, some say that he survived that simply because Mueller was so by the book and the memo that Mueller just wouldn't come out and say he's guilty or, you know, he couldn't say that. Right. So he started from a place that wasn't going to convict Trump. And then Trump was able to spin with Barr for a few weeks. Right. So he survived that. And now he jumps right back in with to this similar a, situation. Yeah, he just got through with that mess and now he's back on this. And now it's Ukraine. <coughs> um, now, once again, if you're a Republican or if you're a defender of Trump, you can read that and go, well, you can't prove anything here. If you're a Democrat who already is trying to find something, you can go, well, you can tell this yeah. is what it is. It's, it's it, going to get weird, maybe. And I wonder how many people, if, again, we don't know what the evidence is at this point, so we're not going to speculate as to whether he is guilty of anything or not or should or should not be impeached. It's just interesting that the process has now taken a new turn based on this action. that right. he's, And the fact that he released that transcript, or at least the summary of the transcript, and then the whistleblower reports finally come out to Congress, and they're going through the investigations. It, this, I think this is going to get bigger than it than people think. Again, I'm not predicting what the outcome may be. Um, that's for them to decide. Yeah. But at the same time, this is pretty big. What's crazy is both sides agree that this is inappropriate. The president using his personal attorney to try to go connect, and, and the attorney general using the right. Department of Justice as a tool to try to dig up dirt or or in corruption in Ukraine or anything like that, which is by inappropriate. The w- which, by the way, we need to clarify. The Bidens, Joe Biden, was involved in calling out the prosecuting attorney in Ukraine for corruption while they were busy uh, investigating a company that his son Hunter was associated with. He's a board member on whatever this company is. Right. Uh, energy company, maybe. I don't remember exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so the Ukrainians removed that prosecutor for corruption, replaced him with a prosecutor who then continued the investigation into the company. It wasn't like Biden stopped the investigation or was right. even trying to. They wanted a fair investigation is the way I understood that. And then the the new prosecutor and at the end of their investigation said, there's nothing here, let it go. And now so this is what Trump was trying to dig into. Let's stir this back up and try to see if we can spin it on some dirt on my potential political rival in the election. And so this is where it gets really complex. It's like, what, right? And this is not new. I mean, if you remember in the debates with Hillary, he asked Russia to dig up her emails right. yeah, publicly. Right. So it's like, is this different than he's done before? He did that publicly for the world to see, and they didn't immediately try to impeach him. Of course, that was the unimpeachable. Yeah, so what's, all right, so what's, what would be different about this then, maybe? Well, now he's president. Um, oh, because he was candidate then. Because he was candidate Trump. Oh. Although, it, it, then that's not illegal to say that. Had he been president, maybe. 
I don't know. It's such a weird thing because obviously most of the things he does is breaking social norms. It's inappropriate. It's never been done. But is, but this, is it a high crime? In it, this yeah, movie? is it? I don't, I don't know that. It I mean, seems like it. You, you can't use the office of the president to enrich yourself or to have personal gain. That's this would where be I a, thought they'd get And this it. would be a personal gain, right? Th- is that the way they're kind of going about this? Is that the, Do I May- understand that correctly? Right. Maybe. You know, at the end of the day, I thought w- what was going to get him eventually is the Trump brand or himself making so much money from being president with people staying in his you know political. And his family. Remember the trade deal that he got for his daughter for her company yeah. in China? And people staying in the Trump Tower, vice, right. you know, president staying there. I thought that eventually the monument was it monument clause or whatever em- that you emoluments, can't, yeah, emoluments, yeah. I, I thought that would get him, but I, he's just able. I'm telling you, there is no Teflon president <laughs> like Trump. We, uh, we call Reagan the Teflon president, but this is man, diff- this is different. Yeah, he, he's able to dodge. It, I will say this: if there is a guy that could survive this, it would be him. Don't you think? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, think about this. Think about just the Republicans. The Republicans have basically said, okay, this is our guy. We're going to go all in. There's been a few that obviously broke away and, and rejected him. Now, but more, I wonder, you know, and, th- and they have no choice but to just support him 100%. This is why the Senate won't remove him, at, uh, you know, no matter what, I, unless there's just something that comes out that's smoke and gun obvious. Um, but you got to remember when the Republicans were – the war hawks and they hated Russia and yeah. they have boy you talk about a change remember in when Lindsey Graham used to call out Trump during the campaign about he's unfit he's a maniac he's I mean he was go back Ted and look Cruz. At, go back and look at some of the ways that they talked about him we cannot have this person as president it will unfit. ruin the country and now they kiss his butt every single day it's just an it, politics is weird like that you know yeah I mean? and it is politics right I mean if the Democrats found something impeachable they should impeach him right immediately but the problem is that's politics. not that's not you or, or I being partisan to say that either. By the way, no. if he's if he has done something that they should do that, whether what no matter what no matter Senate, what the Senate does, right, right. And we've t- kind of turned to this place weird place now where the House is looking at the Senate. If they're not going to kick him out, maybe we shouldn't impeach him. And then you've got the Senate looking at the president. If he's not going to sign it into law, maybe we shouldn't pass it. Right. It's like everybody's looking at the next level when really that's not how it was designed. Congress should pass bills. Senate should do what they do. You know, I mean, like, they should do it as well. But we're looking to see what the end result is, and nobody wants to take a chance on a bill getting blocked or the impeachment going down. And that's not what so it's designed it's for. inefficient. And we just had this conversation in our class. We're, we're studying the Romans, and we're studying the Roman uh, system and their Senate and, the, and how they transferred from Republican to Empire. And the idea that the inefficiencies were dragging them down, and that's part of what led to their civil wars and eventually caused them to collapse even not just republic but also empire too. The, 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 the gridlock and the unwillingness to do anything that might have a political consequence mm-hmm. as po- instead of doing what's right, you're doing what's right for you, or you think, and the whole thing yeah. can bog down. So I don't, and again, I'm not predicting doom and gloom for us, but, I'm, but still it's concerning, right, that they can't get anything done. Yeah, and you know, our founders, when, you know, we're going through the Constitution right now, mm-hmm. and, and they, they wanted a little bit of gridlock. You want everybody to kind of slow down. Let's not make hasty right, changes. Right, sure, yeah. Let's, they definitely Democracy is our, slow. That's on purpose. Right. You don't want to go with the changes of the wind. Um, of course, there's people like Jefferson who thinks we should scrap it every 20 years and rewrite a new Constitution, which, uh, you know, I don't know about that. Um, but 
we've, you know, that's one thing that has definitely been obvious is what is the last major thing that's passed that really affects people's lives in the last 20 years? You had tax cuts by Trump. Well, and you have Obamacare. Bush, Bush, Bush did tax cuts as well. Uh huh. But you would think in a span of 20 years they would be passing some, you know, big immigration reforms you don't or think that the environmental stuff or something. Did you did you just say – you said Obamacare just then. Obamacare right? was a yeah. big deal. Regardless of whether you cut. like it or not, it's a big deal. Right, yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying um, for it or against it. Bush I'm just with saying. no child left behind probably. Um, yeah, uh, but not many things. I think it's too much gridlock. We can't. It's nearly impossible to make big it, changes, even what, if both sides agree on it. What I would, what I would really love is for this president to use the power that he actually has. He's a charismatic guy. I would love for him to really get away from some of this circus nonsense that he plays in every day, and promote the things that he's actually doing well. Prison reform being one of those things. Yeah, like that gets lost in the shuffle, and people aren't talking about that because of all this other nonsense that he drags along with him. Right, this. This crap fest that is part of his daily routine, you get mired down in that, and you don't look at things that they're actually trying to do that are positive. And that and prison reform would be one of them. The the prescription drug cost is another one that they're trying to get done. Well, mm-hmm. freaking do that and concentrate on that and promote that idea instead of all this other stuff that, right? You get caught up in that. It's his per- it's the Trump but personality. But I know, I know, I know. He can't, it's it's almost like he's in a di- he's addicted to that sort of attention, seemingly. Yes. Uh, why aren't we talking about some of the things on a negative side? Why aren't we talking about his work to destroy the EPA's power to, right, to to control the actual environment? Uh, all the all of these protections, all these lands that have been sealed off for our benefit, are are now open to, you know, wetlands and and parklands and major areas that we've had conservation efforts for bipartisan conservation efforts, by the way. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, like those limitations are out and and the expansion of drilling and I, I, those things are concerning to a lot of people. If they, the, the immigration crisis that you just mentioned, it is still a crisis, whether the news is reporting on it or not. Like every day there for a while, it was like, Oh, look at all the kids in cages. Well, where are you now? Those, those things are still happening, right. but we've moved on to some other mess. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to see how politics have changed. I mean, the EPA and all that was passed by a Republican president, Nixon signed into law, right? Like, you know, but now it's become politicized and so we don't want a national environmental movement. I don't know what we're doing with that. But if you are a con- true conservative, you're not really upset at what Trump has done. You're not, you're not truly upset because the big worry was, is he even a conservative? What is he? Right. You know, a lot of conservatives were scared he was just – he was a liberal or he wasn't going to – you know, because he had mentioned a few things – well, the prison reform—the prison reform is a very liberal idea. The drug mm-hmm. control costs are a very liberal idea. And so the I escalation of the military and other—you know—no, no more. Wanting to get building. out of Afghanistan, wanting to right. I mean, so more of a democratic. I think that he could use his platform much more effectively and efficiently if he would real because I, I think that he could get some real things done, right? Just the power of his force of will. But then all this other mess has to come with it, and yeah. I, that. That's what bothers me most. Yeah, I he think. could have actually had a decently successful look Look back. I think when we look back at the Trump administration, whenever it ends, it is just going to be looked at as the circus that yeah. it was. You won't get to see some of the positives or some of the critics uh, of just the policy that was or was not passed. Mm-hmm. What do you think about 
Pence being tied up in this and the possibility of Pelosi. What what is she? Is she politically moving to make a run know. at this thing? I mean, I'm obviously not this. I haven't. Go around. Okay, so I was talking with uh, Nixon about this yesterday, and he brought up the idea that that there's there's some evidence that Pence may be involved in this in some way too like by the way nixon is one of our uh jeremy nixon <laughs> teacher ap government not he yeah. didn't he didn't uh yeah. channel <laughs> richard nixon <laughs> this, uh, yeah i got to the ouija board and <laughs> talked to nixon the other day <laughs> um so um but he but so the suggestion was like look if this is if it is a thing and and it's a, an impeachable defense uh, offense and trump goes down but also pence gets caught up in it too and again i'm not predicting anything don't people don't write me in yell uh but if he goes down as well pelosi's president and wouldn't that be ironic that would be crazy maybe that's what she's seeing <laughs> do you think that she's playing long game wow you think you, she know, you know what my favorite thing is about trump uh, you know and i you know i i, I laugh at that's him that's very machiavellian if that's the way that's working oh that is for sure if, if she's seeing that but she would be the kind of person to see that yeah. opening she sees the crack in the system i'm going for it mm. one of my favorite things though and this just happened again is when trump is re- reads off the teleprompter with his 74 year old eyes or whatever it is and did he messes mess, up did you see him mess up the what was it the other day well the other day he was fire, talking about fire. yeah we yeah. will never fire or tire like he can't say i mean or i was wrong or, <laughs> or excuse me he just said or he just says that and or fire oh and it was just, it was it was at the united nations he was giving a speech at the united nations yeah that's what it was i saw that it's i love it when he does that because that's just the that is trump he's, he's not, so I'm, narcissistic he's not i'm wrong right I, we're he, just gonna he, add it <laughs> and some of them <laughs> make no sense oh uh, he's crafty right he is He's he's I could I think I could like him a lot if he would be if he wasn't president I li- yeah, it'd be great I think I could like him as president too if it wasn't for all this other stuff that's what's bogging me down like I know, all yeah. of the other stuff I, it, the the positive things he's doing I really am intrigued by do those things please yeah, I find him funny. I just it's, it's well the, the presidency is too important. Maybe it'd be funnier if I didn't live in this country. That's right. We don't need a comedian for our president. We need somebody serious. Yeah. Oh, the guy, the guy that's the president of the Ukraine, mm-hmm. his former job, comedian. <laughs> well, what do you think about uh, one of the Democratic candidates actually brought up the idea that the president should have a yearly psychological exam to make sure mm. that they're steady, that there's no. That's a slippery slope, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I mean, I, I, it's probably a good idea, but at the same time, mental eh, stability. How? I mean, we I mean, obviously Trump can, is but, a stable genius. But you can, but you can. That could. There's a lot of nuances there that would be. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Like, are, are you suffering from dementia? Like, like Reagan in his final years, mm-hmm. right? Was suffering from dementia. Did any of the decisions that he made, especially some of the negative decisions that he made during that time, what? Was that a result of his diminishing mental capacity? If that that would be concerning, you don't want, right? It, 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 it's amazing we don't have you like, something. Whether you like Reagan or not, that's not the point I'm making. But if you have someone who is having struggles mm-hmm. to maintain lucidity, why would you give them the power that that person has? Why wouldn't you? Why isn't there, isn't shouldn't there be a check and balance on that? I think that that's a big question that needs to be answered. I think I can't believe we haven't done this yet. They have a yearly physical, right? Mm-hmm. I don't care. 
I don't care about the high blood pressure or whatever, you know, how body fat content. What I care is mental stability. Right. Do, do they have, I mean, what if they had some sort of paranoia that kicks in all of a sudden and they want to launch missiles at somebody? I mean, I think there is some, I, I, it, you know, I know there's checks on some of this, but. Case in point. Okay, so we, we I said a while ago, we're studying the Romans and we studied Caligula. And I am not comparing Trump to Caligula. Again, don't send me letters. Um. But if I think about a switch in mental state and how that can have a dramatic effect, Caligula actually started his reign as a as a good emperor, doing positive things and helping people and and right. But then he had an illness and it had some sort of effect on his mental state. And mm-hmm. some people have suggested that um, it, it was a f- like frontal lobe damage or something because of the high fever that he experienced, and he barely survives this thing. But he was definitely different after the fact, and he became, like, I, I, I don't know if I can use the word insane, but he did insane things. Right. He was unable to control his impulses. Didn't he appoint, hor- like, a horse? As one yeah, of the, the incitatus, and there's some different arguments about why that might have been the case. But Or using your army to go attack the sea, you know? Uh, it, it <laughs> mm-hmm. but or but he became a person that was obsessed with violence and ultra violence in his personal life, and he liked seeing people hurt. He liked that, so there he became the sort of this criminal, criminally minded, and very the harsh punishments for people who turned against him. And he was either really happy or really sad. Like he developed a, a bipolarism of sorts, and it, but he became because he had ultimate power. Nobody knew what to do with him, and he's making weird decisions. And so, I'm, again, I'm not comparing that to anybody that we have in office or have had in office, but I'm saying that to the point of is mental stability important? Yeah, it is, especially if you wield tremendous power. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing. What was it? Uh, Catch-22, that's where that comes from, is like if you can – if you say that you're too insane to be in the military by saying that, that means you are sane enough, actually. <laughs> uh, you know that about you yourself. You know that about yourself. So yeah. you're, you're self-reflective. It makes me think of people, and this is kind of brings me to the another topic of people that do horrible things or what we would call evil. If you could diagnose it, if you could locate it in the brain, and it, be, it becomes more, treated more like a disease, it would make you feel differently about people that do evil acts. So I, I mentioned the shooter at that college who all of a sudden he had had no history of any mental problems no violence and all of a sudden he could not control his rages he wrote a letter saying please uh when they kill me examine my brain something's going on and he goes to the top of this tower at a school and starts shooting college kids eventually they kill him they examine his brain was that the one in texas yeah i can't remember his name i usually can remember his name it's fascinating though because he had a tumor pushing on the part, and neurologist said that's that would cause the symptoms of rage control. You know, right. you, it could impulse control. And what if, it, like, we go through the history of Hitler and Stalin and people that have done just generally evil things, you know, Dracula, Caligula, whatever. What if it was a disease? And you, you know, it makes you think of them differently. That that's something they can't. You can't actually control. Yeah, they're not doing. That. They're not evil. They just they can't help it. Um, it's interesting to think about that because we judge these people based on they could control it. But if they couldn't, if they yeah. genuinely had no control over their actions or their thoughts or It would whatever. change a lot of views of history if you could go back and find out one way or the other, right? Yeah, that they're not just evil. And, of course, nobody thinks they're evil. Like, Hitler didn't think he was doing probably something evil. He no. thought he was doing something good. Right. Um, 
but everybody else viewed Stalin, him. same thing. With, with Mao Zedong, some of the some of the guys that are most well known, twentieth century especially for some of their heinous acts, really were convinced that what they were doing was necessary and good. Yeah, it's it's really uh, I'm fascinated by that and the idea of free will in general because that's another debate going on is do people have free will or is everything that you've had happen to you plus your neurons fight like it's already kind of predetermined like I won't even be able to get <laughs> to the end of this sentence I don't know what what I'm going to say next like it's just popping in there and that this is the thing like when you meditate if you just try to focus on your breath all of a sudden there there's thoughts that just come in like where does that come are you controlling that we all think we're controlling oh yeah I moved my hand because I wanted to but where does that start? And that's, you know, they're doing <laughs> tests now where they can tell you what you're going to say before you know. Like, uh, say they yes can see or where no. it originates in they the brain? They can see where it originates in the brain, and they oh, know what cool. you're going to do. Huh. Like, okay, I want you to rest. Now we're going to you're gonna raise your right hand or left hand. You Go ahead and figure that, and they'll know before you before even you do. raise your hand. That's kind of Before you consciously can even, yeah. So I don't know. That's And that, that always makes me think of that. Have you ever seen a movie called Minority Report? With uh, oh, Tom Cruise, yeah, Tom where they Cruise. had these savants who they had kept in this, I don't know, like a, like a little pit or pool, and then they would, they were like oracles, and they could predict what people were going to do before they did it, and they would go off and arrest people ahead of time. Right. right. And then, you, then a, you wonder. Are we headed towards that where they can oh, no. hook us all up to some sort of monitoring system? They know what we're going to do before we do it. Hmm. Well, we're going in the past now with Justin Trudeau, with people like whatever they oh, did dude. 10, 15 years ago, and they're oh paying for it with today's. Trudeau, <laughs> is he, how much, um, that, that was a story for a couple of days, and then it went away. Do you think he's, in, or, or, or the Canadians just, okay, for people that don't know what we're talking about, Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of uh, Canada, it was recently, photos were released of him when he was younger at parties, dressed up like Aladdin, I think was one. I don't remember. There was another one. Yeah. I, it wasn't Smokey Robinson, but something like that. Mm-hmm. And so, but he was like, okay, so I was uh, I was Aladdin, and I I painted myself to look ethnic, to right. be part of this Aladdin costume. And so, which at the time wasn't a big deal. Which really. at the time, well, it was to some people. To it just some was, people, <laughs> it wasn't probably media worthy. Uh, yeah, even though it probably should have been. So is okay. So was it? How do we feel about this? Like we've really come down on blackface in this country because of the racist past of vaudeville and and you know mocking uh, uh, African culture in this country by using that and, and making that a degrading thing. Yeah. Was this the same thing? Yeah, that's a good. I don't. Canada know has had a history of being harsh to native people in general, and not, not that oh, yeah. Aladdin is native Canadian. Obviously, that's not it, but still. You know, is Unlike it us. is it kind <laughs> of a is there is there any way, shape, or form that he gets a pass on that because he's he wasn't mocking culture. He was actually trying to. I mean, I don't know. How do you feel? I mean, about I that? don't know legally what they're going to do. I'm not Indian, so I don't know. And I mean, like right. Indi- India, Indian. I don't know how I would feel about that if I was from India and I saw somebody do that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. And look, but I'm part okay. Part of my heritage is Scottish. Mm-hmm. I d- I'm not offended by anybody who wears a kilt who's not Scottish. Like, so is it the same kind of thing, or well, is it different people, when it's skin tone involved? There are people who are genuinely, genuinely offended and have always been when stuff like this happens, but they don't. You know, there's not many of them, or they don't say anything, or it's not that media doesn't cover it. And then there's people who play the victim role really well. They they want outrage. They want us. You know, what is it? Virtue signaling. 
Um, oh, that's a, it's, that, it's, I never heard that phrase. What is it? Basically, you're going to be outraged just because it makes you look like you're oh. more woke. Oh. Oh. oh, So you're virtue signaling, I even you. though in reality you you don't care. I mean, Kevin Hart got you know he said some homophobic type tweets years ago, and right. that came back to yeah the cancel, this cancel the, culture. Yeah. I guess is what we're talking about. Mm. So I don't know about the future, but they definitely are going through your past. I'm I'm thinking about my past. Like, what if is there anything out there, picture wise, video wise of me when I was in high school? Get me in trouble? I don't think so. But I had a mullet. Uh, am I gonna be judged harshly mm, for that? Maybe that I mean, could it was be considered <laughs> against something. I mean, white trash redneck kid. I was, I had a mullet. Sorry. Uh, well, mean, the Mohawk natives, what they wore was technically looked more like a mullet than a mohawk. So therefore, you so was were I making fun of accidentally. No. M- Oh, crap. Yep. We're all, I mean, it's I'm weird. Gonna, I'm going to have to go back and apologize now. I know. When I talk to my no, students. Man, but, that's, but that's weird, right? Because, I mean, I, I don't, my mullet was not mocking anybody. It was just, yeah. it was a goofy hairstyle that I thought irritated my parents, and that's why right. I, I And everybody it. your <laughs> age had a mullet. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was a thing. Um, I talk to my students about, you know, we, we judge past societies for slavery, for wrongdoings, and all this, and I, th- I always ask them, kind of at the first year, w- what's something in 100 years you're going to judge us for? Well, now it doesn't seem like it's going to be 100 years. Now, w- mm. what might be unacceptable in next year? So, yeah, decade, That we're saying or doing now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, because obviously things change, but with social media, instant communication, it seems like the rate of change is really fast. Something that was acceptable to say or do two years ago might not be acceptable next year. And sometimes you don't know exactly where that cookie and crumbles. And here's the other thing, too. Our lives are so online now and digitized. Things that you say and do don't go away. Yeah, I know. Look like, like this podcast. I, everything right. we're saying. When I was a little kid, if I did something stupid, it's conceivable that nobody would ever know about it past a certain point. Everybody would forget that would be that. Yeah, you could have privacy. Yeah. <laughs> but so that's that's over, I think. I think so. I, as long as technology keeps rolling. Unless there's something that happens. If I did something, how how horrible is that? That if you did something, and it was a genuine error of in judgment, but you didn't mean anything by it. It was just something that was, right, something that happened. And yet it will never, never fade from collective consciousness because it's recorded somewhere and digitized and out there on the internet or whatever, right? Yeah. And you're, I think you're right. This podcast could be an example. Did I say something today that in 20 years people will go, wow, I can't believe you said that. Well, see, yeah. I will always demand that intent matters. Right. If you do something stupid and you so. didn't mean to, but if you d- intentionally do something. Now, once again, we can talk about free will if, the, if <laughs> we can actually intentionally do something. Right. But, like, if technology keeps going, I mean, neurologists also say that it, in the future at some point they'll be able to, to really read your mind kind of. They'll be able to – you don't need eyewitness testimony because they'll know if you committed a crime. Oh they'll wow. be able to hook you up to something. And, you know, an fMRI machine already can do a lot. It's just going to get better and better and better. And that's going to be an interesting time when you can't tell a lie, literally. <laughs> um, of course, like George from Seinfeld said, if you believe it, it's really not a lie. <laughs> like you have to convince yourself that you're not telling a lie, oh, man. and then it's not a lie. But I don't know. This is going to uh, – the impeachment, the cancel culture, all of this is just going to accelerate, I think, with social media, with communication. I think it's probably good. I don't use Twitter. And the reason I don't use Twitter that much, it's simply because of all the horror stories I hear. And I, so I didn't get hooked early, but apparently Twitter is the place where the evil happens. There's, and a, there's a lot of just mouthing, yeah. 
Jefferson talked about a mobocracy. <laughs> we might have that, but not a digital mobocracy. Yeah, where, where you yeah. can get piled on, canceled. Interesting. Revolutions could happen from Twitter. Yeah. Yikes. All right. All right, man. That's it. Thank you. <laughs>